Hello again, welcome. This is the Brattlecast. The stories are all about the books, the old, the rare, the out of print. Not just books, though, but the people behind them who sell and appraise and collect them, and all kinds of other things, including, oh my gosh, Life magazines. I could spend a year just looking at one magazine. But I'm here with the man himself, Ken Gloss, the proprietor of the famous Brattle Bookshop in Boston. Go to brattlebookshop.com. Now, is it always going to be the Brattle Bookshop? It's never going to be the Brattle e-reader shop, is it? Well, we've actually uh, – the Globe did a cartoon on that once <laughs> and, and selling used e-readers and so on. Uh, no, it's, it's going to be the Brattle Bookshop. Thank the Lord. And why do we bring that up today, Ken? Well, we bring it up because uh, in the newspaper I was reading about in the Vermont school system in colleges, uh, they were talking about getting rid of the libraries and having all the books just uh, digital and not literally having books. And, and it's actually – you'd think I'd be totally against it, which I am getting rid of all the books. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because libraries are expensive. I mean that that's what this was coming down to. Cost saving. Uh, it they take up huge amounts of space. Librarians are trained people that are expensive. All of the controls and atmosphere and all of that, it's – it's very expensive, and what is happening in a lot of schools is that the books are available digitally. So, you know, do the students really need the the books? Uh, and I'll be quite honest. Uh, one of the things I tell people is when I go to their houses and they talk to me about my reference library, in other words, how do you tell this is a first edition? Uh, how do you know when this person was born, the dates, and all of that? I used to have a room, actually more than a room, at the shop in the basement, just floor to ceiling, top to bottom, filled with reference books about books, how to tell first mm. editions, how to tell values. All of that's on my iPad now. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'll tell you, the iPad's a lot easier to carry around <laughs> than at a few thousand books at a time. So I understand that part of it. But a lot of learning, I think, is still holding that book, touching it, feeling it. Uh, Also, when you get into the older books, when you see how they're made, the paper, the quality, Mm. the size, the illustrations, you realize that this was a really important item. And people considered it very important, whereas when you just see it digitally, it's just on a screen. And one that might not be as important, looks just the same as the next one. That, next that, one that next was one. a point I wanted to raise, but I also wanted to suggest that because of what you do and and looking at the, the history and the older stuff, so much of that stuff has not been digitized. So it's likely – I mean, it, is it likely that everything will be digitized? Will AI take over and make everything a, a I, screenshot? Well, they're trying to. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're trying to get most of it done. But what I think that, that – the loss is, is you have the books that are there that you know you want. When things are digitized, that if you're looking for something and you're looking for the information in that, it's there. It's perfect. It's easy. You, you Google it. You go to the library catalog. Bang, it comes out. But if you're looking at the shelves, you might, that book might be there. But the book next to it that you never knew about, never heard about, never knew anything about might be 
as interesting or more interesting and lead you in other directions. And that's one of the things that you lose. Also, to some degrees, libraries forever have had to discard, make room, make space. And to some degree, you know, that's totally reasonable. You can't collect every book. You can't keep it. Some are not particularly good or interesting. And some, you say, well, okay, if it's a small library, if Harvard has it, if the Boston Public has it, if Caltech has it, at least they're there in these collections. But many of the books that you don't think are important now, 40 years from now, 50 years from now, might be relevant. So you you need to have some place at least where those copies are. You said something that made me smile. You said browse. And these days, most younger generation people think the term browse simply means through the internet. You know, that's browsing. You and I know what browsing is. Going to the Brattle shop and walking through and losing yourself. (laughs) Well, that's actually interesting because since the pandemic, um, we have found that the older, the profile of our customer before the pandemic, many of them would have been older, white, middle-class men, some poor or some rich, but that would have been what you'd see older. Since the pandemic, though, a lot of those office workers who used to come in on their lunch are trickling back, but not back. Mm. If you come into our store on a Saturday or a yeah. weekday, probably the average age is 30 to 40 years younger. College students, high school students, um, just starting out, and they browse, and they enjoy it, and they like the idea. Books are retro, uh, and and that's a lot of fun. But you need to be brought up to some degree with books to appreciate that. And I can understand maybe some schools cutting way back if there's a major university or major library right in the area that can be used. And the economics of education, I mean, I'm what I was reading about the Vermont school was that they're at a budget deficit and either they have to raise taxes, they have to raise tuition, they have to raise this. And they were not the major research institutions. So the argument is we're giving a basic education. And what might be also happening is a lot of the general schools, the community colleges and so on, maybe aren't intended to be that. And the idea is if you really want to do that research, you go to other schools, other, but they, they're the stepping stone. It's interesting. Over the weekend, uh, I was in New York City visiting relatives, including a little eight-year-old niece. She's eight. And her task was to read a certain number of books for a charity fundraising piece. So I said, I'll read a few books with you. You know, I'll be your witness. And uh, she had her iPad. All the kids have the iPads now. And there were dozens and dozens of selections in her in her listing. Yeah. And it was very convenient. At the same time, this is an eight-year-old, she really liked the idea of sitting down and sharing a book together. Oh, absolutely. I, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old grandson. Yeah. Guess what? He likes books. <laughs> I, I don't see how that happened. But I wonder. One, one of the things that he likes doing is they – my daughter lives in Newton. There's a bookstore in Newton Center. Mm-hmm. And he wants to – if you walk in that direction, you have to go to the bookstore. I don't think he quite realizes yet 
that we have a bookstore too. <laughs> but but I'm so thrilled that great. I can take him into this wonderful smaller bookstore that he likes to pick up books that will uh, uh, buy him for them, which is great. My my son-in-law though says, you know, a, a few of these Sundays. If you'd be willing, why don't we do a field trip to the Brattle Bookshop and you can bring him in oh. and, and eventually he'll realize he has lots of books to pick he's, from. He's a scion <laughs> of the empire. Um, it's, it's a good idea when you look at it this way. You can hybrid your life in many ways. You can do what you need to do and it makes a lot of sense and then still retain hopefully the love of a real book. I mean, I'm that way. Uh, most of the books that I have, I get from the library, but occasionally I don't have time to get there, so I'll just pluck something that I have to read from the digital scan in the library. And it's it's a convenience factor for many people. Well, it's a wonderful, the, the yeah. other thing that uh, I see as a problem, or what I see happening in a lot of libraries, is what the library is outright collecting is more manuscripts or one-of-a-kind or ephemeral items, not as much getting the basic books because the books they feel you can always get a hold of nowadays between the Internet. But what they want is the pieces of paper, the manuscript, the digital, not necessarily digital, but the items that maybe you can't find that are going to be thrown away and they're building much, much more on that type of collection because that isn't digitized and it might never be digitized mm-hmm. and there might only be one or two. So that feeds a lot of the graduate students and the professors who then can write books about uh. the the, the uh, history. But I just somehow you need the books. The other thing you need and that I always think is very important with cutting back on this is you need the librarians. And it's not because I like, which I do like librarians, but the internet now, well, first of all, you have to get past the first page in a Google search. But to actually get deep into searches is not that easy. In other words, you can get the peripheral really easy, but nothing's edited. You don't know how accurate things are. And trained librarians who have spent their careers doing this can many times say, well, you want to look at this site. You want to get to that site. Or they can really lead you in the right direction. Or they could be the ones who say, well, if you're looking for this subject, you really need to look at that subject too and this one. And I think that's almost even more so now with the internet and digital than it was now maybe you can cut down on the space of the library a little that way maybe you can cut down but the expertise how to look things up where to go even if you're sitting at your desk where to go in the digital sense i think you need librarians more than i couldn't agree more it's library science that's what they major in these people and they're very bright and they almost detective like in the way they can search out a problem you know figure things out But I will say a little bit in defense of this is the fact that a lot of these books are available, that they're available easily, cheaply, and quickly is a great boon to the world, the world cultures, and so on because books are expensive. So, you know, at one time I'm saying the idea of not having a lot of books in the library 
sort of I cringe or not having any books. I can understand how you can get a basic education that way. But if you want to go beyond what someone considers the basic, you need that library or you need a library nearby that you can easily access and use. Topic for another time, maybe not even you and me doing this, but sitting down for a beer. Uh, Chat GBT authors. Are we, going to, are we going to see novels written? They could happen. I mean, you can type in, uh, here's what the subject matter should be, write me a story. It's a little scary to think that we might be fooled into thinking a human put it together. Well, I think the, the scary thing about that is that you also don't know how accurate it is and if it comes off the Internet. The other thing that scares me just as much is the voiceover, which is your profession, yes. is now you can basically take someone's voice and put together a speech that they they never did, would, or consider. And, and the quality is amazing. The ability for it, to, it texturally, it's very amazing. It's scary and yet exciting at the same time. Well, again, even with the idea, which we started this off with, with having a university without books, a lot of it is change. And change isn't bad. It's just the way you change, how it gets worked out. You know, obviously... If a library without books doesn't work, someone will figure out, okay, digitally we can make it work this way or that way. Or maybe we actually do need this or that. But if it gets the knowledge out there, if the learning takes place, it's hard to argue against. You still have to read the words and hopefully understand them. And, And I will never get to the point where I don't like having a book in my hand or telling someone read this and have them having the joy of it as opposed to a screen. Here, here. Couldn't agree with you more. Folks, if you'd like to know more or if you have a particular question that you'd like us to tackle on the Brattlecast, Ken would love to hear from you. Brattlebookshop.com, location 9 West Street, Boston. Historic, iconic, and so much fun. As always, my friend, thank you. Well, thank you very much. I enjoy it, and I'll keep finding stuff. <laughs>